comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy Charizard isn't a dragon type Batman. It's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Lesh, your Marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the capital, but I'm your DC guy, Josh. Alright, so since we've started the Comic and Culture Cast, we've reviewed Aquaman, we've done Dragon Ball Super Broly, and just last week we did Alita Battle Angel. It is time we bring in some dragons to this party. Josh, what do you think? I love it. Yeah, alright, so... In this episode, we will be reviewing How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. So saddle up your dragons, but before we fly high in the sky, we have... Newsflash. Alright, let's just remind everybody how Newsflash works. We're going to set a timer, 15 minutes of news. Yes. Whether we get through it or not, after 15 minutes, we stop. Mm-hmm. Anything left over will be pushed to next week, or if it's small, it'll be on our Facebook page. More about our Facebook page at the end. Yep. All right, Les, you ready? All right, let's do this. Let's pull up my timer. minutes starting now all right so first things first we're gonna talk about the box office because there's a few movies we gotta kind of have to hit this week uh first up aquaman uh it's pretty much kind of staying put now right making a few bucks here and there uh right now it currently sits at 322 million 365 500 365,000, excuse me, 547 domestically. Uh, worldwide, it's at 1,135,765,547. So, yeah. It's a pain reading these numbers. I like know, that. I hate it. <laughs> you gotta like write it out in word oh, form to be able to read it easily. I know, it's, oh, it hurts. <laughs> Alright, so anything you want to say about Aquaman? Um, I just want to say it is doing as well as I dreamed it would, but didn't think it would, you know? Yeah, yeah, And I'm very sure. happy that it is doing this well because it's a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And with it being my favorite hero, I am very excited for sequels that we talked about last Newsflash mm-hmm. that are being planned, and they would not have been planned if it did not do well. So I'm happy it's doing well. Yeah, for sure. All right, so next up we have Alita, which we reviewed last week. Make sure to check out that episode if you haven't already. Uh, right now, so I'll talk about its opening weekend first, because we didn't really cover that. Uh, for its five-day opening weekend, it made, uh, $41.7 million domestically. Uh, above expectations, still not that fantastic, I, I would say. Uh, it did jump from 55%, um, from its opening day Thursday to Saturday, which is really good. It actually increased each day, uh, which I think is pretty awesome. Uh, I think we'll really have to see how it does the second weekend to see how it um, kind of 
carries on. It's like the the next coming weeks. Problem is, obviously, we have had a Train Your Dragon this weekend, so yes. that'll be some really tough competition. Uh, we'll have to see how that does. Uh, it opened up in China and Japan this weekend, uh, which I, I bet it's going to do pretty well in those two markets uh, specifically. Uh, right now, Alita is currently looking at a $63.5 million opening weekend in China. Uh, it hasn't updated yet on uh, Box Office Mojo, uh, like factoring in all the stuff from China. Right now, it sits at uh, $51,821,068 domestically and $155,731,594 worldwide. Uh, obviously, factoring the stuff in from China, it's probably at uh, like $200 million plus right now. So uh, we'll have to see how it does. Obviously, Captain Marvel's opening up in a couple weeks and How to Train Your Dragons out there now. So uh, does not look good, but we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, and obviously, finally, we have How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, uh, which is set to make $60 million plus this weekend, uh, which is the best of the trilogy and above expectations. Uh, when I checked uh, earlier this week, it was tracking at 40 to 45 million. So 60 over 60. That's pretty good. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Right now, uh, it's obviously box office mojo. Like I said, with Lita still needs to update. Uh, right now it's at 198,776,026, um, uh, worldwide. Uh, but expect that number to increase by the time this episode is up. So yeah, that's Very all the cool. box office stuff. So cool. All right. I'll jump in with my first piece of news. All right. And I only have four pieces of news, so I'm going to do one of them to start off with. I'll actually do two. Cool. Two together. So um, the first two are actually Dragon Ball related. The first one is about some merchandise. There is a new statue that is being unveiled. It's an Android 18 statue. It's a nice little statue, and I'm very surprised. It's $20, which is pretty great. Nice, Lush, yeah. what do you think? I said, Yeah, yeah. It looks like really good quality. Like, 20 bucks, like, that's pretty freaking good for a statue like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So my second piece of news also has to do with Dragon Ball. And it's... So right now, Dragon Ball Super is not an anime right now. It, it finished up, and we're expecting it to come back. We just don't know when. And it has been confirmed that the anime will be coming back. But as the manga continues, we can kind of get peaks of what may be part of the next storyline. Cool. Although sometimes it does differ from the manga. But there's a really interesting storyline going on right now in the manga. Where there is a new villain named Moro who can kind of eat planets. And he eats key, so he eats the energy of beings mm -hmm. to gain more power. And he kind of stole Super Saiyan away from Vegeta. So Moro God. became more powerful and now Vegeta can't go Super Saiyan. And we'll see what happens with this. I totally expect him to get this power back, to get Super Saiyan back. But it's very interesting to have this villain that can take away, not only get eat your energy and get stronger, but steal your power-ups, essentially. So it'll be really cool. cool to see what happens with that in the future. And hopefully they bring the storyline into the anime, because it'll be really cool to see that in action. Nice, yeah, for sure. Okay, Yep. so uh, my next piece of news, uh, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, uh, he has reaffirmed that the company intends to keep um, R-rated franchises that will acquire from the Fox merger as R-rated. I know a lot of people have been speculating about this. Uh, he referred to Deadpool specifically, but I'm, obviously I'm sure that applies to Alien and Predator, stuff like that. Uh, it is worth noting, too, Disney has released R-rated content before through Touchstone Pictures. So uh, 
that's just kind of that. Uh, I'll just go ahead and do some more news since I have a bunch. Uh, if you go don't for mind, it. Josh. All right. So next two pieces of news are uh, Marvel movie related. Uh, we'll start with Captain Marvel. Uh, early reactions have come in for that, so we'll kind of dissect that a bit. Uh, people are calling it Marvel's best movie. Um, I would take that with a grain of salt because literally it feels like every superhero film except Venom, which I'm sorry, Venom, but you just got like wrecked, like <laughs> even with the early reactions. I feel like every superhero from Marvel and DC are always claimed to be the like the best by early screening reactions. Obviously, right, they're not always going to be the best. Yeah. Um, so just yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, supposedly the second half is supposed to be a lot better than the first. Um, and Ben Mendelsohn's Talos is supposedly one of the best Marvel villains. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of just the, the news we got from that. Uh, and other Captain Marvel news, uh, Captain Marvel is going to skip Netflix. Uh, it's going to come exclusively to Disney Plus after its theatrical run. Uh, if I remember correctly, there was news that um, Infinity War was the last Disney film that was going to be put onto Netflix. Is that correct? Well, I mean, the Wasp is there now. So, okay. Yeah. So I think that's the well, last I meant one. the last new one to be added. Uh, and, well, and Ant Man and the Wasp came in January and Infinity War came in December. So, okay. Makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, so I think Ant Man and the Wasp will be the last one that they've added. So Captain Marvel will skip Netflix. It'll come to Disney Plus. Uh, and that'll come out later this year. We have no release date on that yet. So cool. Um, and then. Uh, also, Avengers Endgame, we have kind of a kind of rough estimate at kind of the runtime where it's at right now. Uh, currently, they've stated it's at the three-hour mark. Uh, edits are still being made uh, to the film, so I'm guessing it's obviously going to get cut way down. Uh, right now, Infinity War is the longest Marvel film uh, at two hours and 29 minutes. So... That's that. And that's all my kind of That's big, actually not too long. Yeah, that, that's my... I thought it'd be actually longer than that. But yeah, it's under 2 hours and 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, that's all my Marvel movie news. So Josh, why don't you kind of come back in here? Give us cool. something good. Right. <laughs> so the next piece of news is actually um, How to Train Your Dragon related. Nice. And right now on Amazon, you can get the first two films, How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2, for $15 on Blu-ray. And that's both films together for fifteen. If you'll I'm going to try me, and get this episode I'm up tonight, right so that way everybody can hear this and get. Are you buying them right now? I'm literally buying them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifteen bucks for both. And the funny thing is, it's like fourteen ninety nine for both Blu-rays. The DVD is fifteen something, so it's cheaper to get the Blu-rays than it is to get the DVDs right now. Okay, I'm I'm gonna get that after we finish this episode. Okay, I, sounds I good. Have, I have it up on Amazon now. <laughs> sounds okay, good. Okay, cool. Um. Do you want to do your last piece of news? Um. Yeah, sure. Okay. So my last one is actually related to the Flash movie. Not the TV show, cool. the movie. Ezra Miller was talking a little bit about it, and I'm just going to read this quote from him. Okay. Because people are asking, you know, what's up with this film? What's up with the character? Why the delays? And here's Ezra Miller's quote. Anyone who knows anything about Barry Allen knows that he's always late. But then when he arrives, he gets stuff done. And that's definitely how this film's production schedule is proceeding. We're a little late, Miller explained. But the reason why we're late, and this is the honest-to-God truth, we're all, and I included myself in this, we are very meticulously focused on making a movie that's not just one of the greatest superhero movies that we can possibly make. This movie's also going to be a gift to the fans. This movie's going to be a real pure offering to the fans of this material. And we've hit a couple points in the script's development where we've looked at it and gone, nah, this isn't it. 
This isn't it yet. So Miller went on to explain that The Flash will pull a heavy load in tying together the DC multiverse as a whole, teasing the film's grandiose expectations for the people behind the scenes making it happen. Here's more of his quote. We're talking about sparking a whole new universe, which is, it's not just the DC multiverse, it's also the speedster multiverse, Miller said. And the speedsters are the ones who connect all the disparate pieces of it. Because Marvel is a universe, it's just one world and all the same characters in it. DC is a multiverse, all these different stories within different realities, different characters and versions of the characters. And the speedsters are the ones who move through it all. They're like the connecting bridge between all these different um, collaged, collaged parts. So he, he makes an really interesting statements there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we do know that there is a multiverse in Marvel, but DC yeah. is more focused on their multiverse in all of their media than Marvel is. So mm-hmm. I think they're really trying to play on that, yeah. which I think is really cool. I really like the idea of the multiverse, and it really helps to fix continuity errors as well. Right, yeah. Um, and DC has been known for a long time to be very focused on the multiverse, much more than other franchises. So mm-hmm. that's my last piece of news and cool. my news about The Flash. Okay, awesome. All right, so uh, a lot of the news that I have now is kind of just uh, back from last week that I didn't get to. Uh, but we're going to start with some uh, Marvel TV news. And I'm going to hit you with the bad news first. Uh, Punisher and Jessica Jones have officially been canceled uh, we will get the third season of Jessica Jones, so fans of JJ, you'll still get that third season, so uh, no need to worry there. Uh, there's a two-year cooldown before Marvel and Disney can use Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, or Luke Cage again. Surprisingly, I did not know this, uh, Punisher can be used right now. If they could stick him in a film or another TV series right now, uh, there's no cooldown for him, uh, so... Hopefully, we'll see this version of Punisher again sooner rather than later, uh, but we're going to have to wait a little bit before we get uh, these Defenders again. Um, so, sorry for all you uh, Marvel Netflix fans. Uh, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger Season 2 uh, is going to come to Freeform April 4th, uh, 8 p.m. It's going to be a two-hour premiere, uh, so go check that out. There's a trailer out right now that you guys can go watch. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I love the first season, so I can't wait to see what the second season is going to bring. So definitely, if you haven't seen the first season yet, definitely go check that out. Also, uh, the Loki uh, TV series has landed its showrunner, uh, Rick and Morty's Michael Waldron. Uh, Waldron, That'll be interesting. Yeah, Waldron uh, will write the pilot episode, uh, executive produce, and act as the show's creator. Tom Hiddleston also also will be back as playing Loki. Of course, people would riot if they did not get him back. Uh, the show is rumored to follow Loki as he shapeshifts and pop up, pops up throughout human history. Um, is this animated? So that's in, no, it's uh, live action. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it'll be to Disney Plus. Um, this is very kind of interesting to me because uh, when they said um, kind of shapeshifts and pops up throughout human history. I think immediately you could kind of go two routes, right? I feel like you could think, oh, like our history, like he's gonna influence like these historical events. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool if like maybe he was involved in like Captain America, the first Avenger, and we had no idea, you know, like, I think that would be like Captain Marvel set in the nineties, you know? Um, I didn't even think of that. So I think, I think that would be kind of a lot more interesting if like he's been in play this whole time and we like have not even known about it, you know? Um, that show, that's interesting. I was thinking more like 
he's like a member of the Senate and the you know ancient right, Roman right, right. times. Yeah. Like he killed, That's what I was thinking plotted too, the killing first, of Caesar or something. Yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking, well, we've had like a lot of, and obviously we know Ant Man has been around for a while too, right? As Hank Pym. So like, there's like a lot of uh, like stuff that they could do already just in the MCU's history where they could just like throw Loki in. I think that'd be interesting if he was kind of like manipulating events um throughout like all these different years i think that would be like really cool yeah Uh, that would change his character in a good way yeah for sure um so expect news on that i'm guessing at comic con because i do think it is supposed to come out this year um so kind of stay tuned on that um we have a lot of uh game of thrones news to get through um we have and you have 40 seconds so okay so this will be my last one then um the prequel series has been given a production start window uh, reported by EW, production on the series is not going to begin until the final episode of Game of Thrones airs. Uh, we also have confirmation that we should not expect the series for at least a year after the end of Game of Thrones. So the earliest we could get it would be summer of next year. Um, that's at, like the very earliest we could get it. Um, other Game of Thrones news, we have new character photos from this uh, eighth season. Um, and they don't give away anything in terms of story, but they're still really cool. Uh they made me fall more in love with Amelia Clark than I already am, okay? So uh, that's pretty big news. Uh, also, uh, I'm going to get to video games now. Uh, after tease during the Mortal Kombat 11 reveal event, uh, we have official confirmation that Jade, Cabal, and Devorah are returning. And that's and where we'll have to end so. it. <laughs> Stop it there. Cool. All right. So. All right. We're ready to move on? That's it. Let's do it. So. We're going to be reviewing How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, today. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Minus X minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Oh man, okay. You ready for it? Ah, uh, dude, not really. <laughs> but yeah, we have to. Okay, uh, I'll go. I'll go. Should I go first? Because you went first for Alita, so I guess I should go first. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, why don't we tell them a little bit about your introduction to this series? Talk. Yeah. About yeah. It. Okay. So, so I had a very kind of interesting uh ride with this series. I should say uh, I saw the first one. Um, it must have been 2013, I believe, uh, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, I must have been tired or something, but <laughs> I hated it. I, like, could not stand it, uh, I thought it was super forgettable, I just did not care to see it again, and, um, and that was kind of the end. I think, I think the second one had like trailers out and was about to come out. And so that kind of like confirmed, oh yeah, I'm definitely not seeing the second one. Uh, and then Josh, you were like, Hey, we should kind of review this, this third movie. And I'm like, uh, like, I guess if you want to. And then I decided, Hey, I, you know, I should at least like rewatch, like I should rewatch one and check out two, just so I'm like caught up with the story and everything. And, yeah, I, I must I must have been tired like the first time I saw it because like I saw I saw the first one again literally just like a few days ago and oh man it's awesome it's so good uh, yeah and then I watched the second one I love that one a lot too and then now obviously I watched the third one and 
Yeah, well, you'll hear my review in a second, but um, yeah, that's kind of my journey with this series, I should say. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and start? All right. So How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World is an emotional yet absolutely breathtaking final installment in the beloved How to Train Your Dragon franchise. I was worried going in that The Hidden World would conclude the trilogy on a bad note. It does seem like many series have at least one iffy installment in the bunch, and with How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2 being so incredibly strong, a part of me was nervous going in uh, that this would tarnish the franchise a bit. Uh, but that was absolutely not the case, as the story, animation, music, and the two main characters come together beautifully once again to deliver a fantastic final adventure. With that said, uh, the film did not improve upon my one big thing that I wanted fixed. Uh, it's supporting characters who, once again, seem to be only there for comedic moments and don't really serve a purpose beyond that. Uh, my other flaw with the film, though not nearly as big, is the villain, who came across really powerful and, and scary, but uh, didn't seem to have much motivation for his actions. Uh, before I wrap up this review, uh, I have to talk about uh, the show stealer of this film, which without a doubt is The Light Fury. Uh, despite being seen in many, if not all, promos for the film, I mean, she's on the freaking poster for crying out loud, uh, literally everyone in the audience, like literally the second they saw her, gave off ahs and woes and oohs, like from the audience simultaneously, just from like her first like a couple reveals, which is crazy. Uh, and I'll admit I was one of those people. Uh, for my screening, it was without a doubt uh, the two dragons, Life Fairy and Toothless, that stole the show. Uh, from the scene where Toothless is trying to um, impress her, um, to when the Life Fairy obviously saves Hiccup, uh, which caused a huge uproar of applause. Um, I would say even like it, it was pretty loud in there, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. She definitely had some of the best moments. Um, and to all the franchises, I'm going to conclude by saying you need to take note on how to train your dragon because the hidden world, because that is how you conclude a franchise. And for all those wondering, yes, I cried. Final score for me, 9 out of 10. Very cool. Yes. Now, let me ask, what day and what time did you see the movie and how many people were in your theater? I saw um, a Friday night showing, 7.15. Um, regular 2D, and it was uh, pretty packed. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Sydney and I went to a Friday night showing, 10.25 mm -hmm. p.m., mm -hmm. and there were very few people, but I think that's because this movie is geared towards children, yeah. and that most of them, that's past their bedtime. I, I will I will admit, too, um, when I was... I, pur I always purchase my tickets in advance now, um, mm -hmm. and when I purchased it in advance, it looked like it was going to be really empty, but I do think that is because, like, for this type of movie, I don't think it's the one that would, you know... Um, I don't think people would be like immediately like, oh, I have to watch this like opening night and, you know, so, exactly. um, so that's probably and why. And this film, but... like I said, is geared more towards children. It yeah. is a children's film. Mm -hmm. So I feel like most of its audience was children yeah. and then people like us about around our age mm -hmm. that saw the original, the original film yeah. and now want to see how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ton of uh, families. Yeah. For me in there. Yeah. So, yeah. And for me, it was some older people, but around my age and I mm -hmm. could tell that they. I heard overheard some of their conversations. They had seen the previous films yeah. when they came out. Cool. All right. All right. So now time for my opening statement. Okay. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, was a solid finale to one of my favorite animated trilogies. My only complaints with this film are the same I have for the other movies in the trilogy. 
there are three characters in this trilogy that I really hate. They really <laughs> annoy me, but they are side characters. And therefore, although they make me cringe most of the time that they speak, they do not severely affect my feelings on this film. The story is simple, as this is a children's film, but in spite of that, it was still an interesting story. The best two things about this film are definitely the visuals and the music, but I'll talk more about that in our discussion of the film. Lastly, the epilogue of this film was heartwarming and provided great closure to the franchise. I cannot think of a better way to end this franchise. As a movie overall, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. As an animated film, and I give it an animated film a different rating because they are different than most films, I give it a 9 out of 10. Cool. Alright, so... Uh, should we should we get right into negatives then? Sure. Because it Let's looks start like we had kind of the same thing. the same thing. So supporting characters. Uh, can can you what what were? Can you they? guess my three? I'm I'm guessing it's the friends. I don't know which friends. I'm guessing it's two the the two twins. Yep, the twins, rough nut and tough nut. And then is it the is it the bigger one? The the short fat one. The short fat one. Okay. Um, yeah, his name is Snotlout. I actually have something uh, very kind of interesting that I noticed, um, at least at least for me in regards to those supporting characters. Um, I don't know if it was the same with you, Josh, but obviously those characters, they don't serve like really any purpose other than that they're funny, right? They appeal to kids, I think, mainly, right? Um, funny, sure. <laughs> well, I'm, for kids. For kids, yes, for kids, yes, that's right? what you're saying. Um, but what's interesting to me is that like, I feel like a lot of those moments um, that they had, like no one in the theater really laughed at. Um, I think yeah. I feel like a lot of the humor in this movie was more like I obviously I mentioned it in my thing, but when Toothless is trying to impress the Light Fury, um, I think like a lot more people laughed at like those moments. Um, I just I wish they just cut those characters out, man, because like they just like. If they're not good for being funny, they're just not good. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah they could have easily kept them, kept the characters there. Right. But kind of, they have almost cameo yeah. type stuff. Like you see them like in the halls, they make mm-hmm. statements. Like for example, when they were deciding to, um, and by the way, this is spoilers. I will put a spoiler mm-hmm. um, warning at yeah. the beginning. Um, when they were deciding that they needed to move their their village to somewhere else mm-hmm. if they had those characters appear and just kind of make like one funny statement and then right, right. there for the rest of the movie i think that would have been yeah, appropriate I think that would have been totally to keep fine. them there yeah. and show that they're still in the village yeah but they yeah they were annoying and that and that's the thing like i feel like with uh with this movie um or uh, so compared to um something like uh <laughs> I, lo- I love The Lion King, and it's weird to kind of compare these two movies, but, like, for me, uh, what makes Lion King specifically work so well is all those characters, uh, like, Timon and Pumbaa, obviously, right, they're funny characters, but they still serve a purpose, you know? Like, yes. they're there for a reason. Uh, I feel like with How to Train Your Dragon, like, specifically those characters, they're just, like, they're not needed there. Like, yeah, you know, like, they, they don't need to be there. Like, a lot of the funny moments were not even with those characters, you know? So, um, were there any other side characters that you didn't like? Um, I mean, they were kind of the main ones. Um, like fish likes too, the guy with the baby dragon. Yeah. But he's not as annoying. He's not as, he's not annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I I will say that, that the, uh, I kind of felt bad for the main, uh, the villain when like he captures that twin. 
Oh, and she's just yeah. talking. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, just shut up. Well, it's like now that oh, people in the movie man. understand how the audience feels. I know it was so it was so annoying. Uh, but honestly, I I feel like uh, the villain is also kind of was a bit of a negative for me. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way or not, but like, well, what, what did I you kind think? of liked him. Okay. Um, I liked his idea of he's a dragon hunter mm. and his goal is to kill all the night furies yeah and the idea of you know everybody was scared of night furies mm-hmm. but when i saw one i killed it and i like that that's how i became a man that was kind yeah. of like his um rite of passage mm-hmm. and then he has this I, I kind of almost took his side with it because it felt like really cool like mm-hmm. this man is protecting his village yeah when he was a boy and he protected them from the dragon so i can definitely see his point of view in it mm-hmm. but then it was kind of like he was um obsessed with power and it kind of overcame him and instead of just killing the dragons to save his village he went out and decided to go hunt and kill all other dragons i guess for me when i compare him to like uh, uh do you remember you you've seen how to train dragon 2 right yeah um, it was uh quite a while ago when it first like, came like out, for but. me the because i saw i saw them all recently right so i'm like kind of comparing kind of all three um but mm-hmm. like with the second one uh drago blood Vist, right who's like the main bad guy um like he was like he lost like an arm because of a dragon, right? So, yeah. like, I kind of felt like he had more of, like, a motivation um, for what he did. Whereas I feel like with this guy, he was just kind of like, yeah, he was, like, he was cool, but, like, I just didn't really, like, see much. Like, I'm, he was he felt like more just, like, a dragon killer just for the sake of being a dragon killer, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I didn't really see, like, any reasoning behind it, if that makes sense. But... That makes sense. Um, I guess it's, it is it is kind of more of a neutral, because there were elements, I think, of that villain that I did like, um... But it was just kind of his motivation that didn't really do it for me. Uh, I just didn't really see a purpose as all at all. But makes sense. Yeah. Also, and like I also thought it was a little weird. Uh, like the like the reason why he was doing it, like the the people he was working for at first. Oh yeah. That that whole thing was I don't know. I thought a little a little weird because they didn't really turn out to do anything anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, that so, felt like filler just to add time to the film. Right. Yeah. Um. But did it feel, really did it feel like short to you? The film? Yeah. Overall? Yeah. Um, Not really, but also that just uh, some, it might be because where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, I that was oh, a yeah, Friday true. night. Yeah, so yeah. as a teacher, I was working mm-hmm. until 3.30. Yeah. And then I'm also rebuilding the school's website. So then I was at, so I was at work from 7 a.m. all the way until 10 p.m. Okay. That day. Got working it, yeah. on the website and with students all day okay. so then at the end of the day i was just super tired mm-hmm. and then watching the film i was able to stay awake through it yeah but it just as the end of my day and the end of a long day it didn't seem very short i don't know do, maybe that's um, just why yeah i'm sorry do you have any negatives any more negatives that um my only negative was those characters okay really for um, me the villain was more of a neutral as well okay uh yeah so for an, i guess another neutral for me since we're kind of shifting into neutrals uh it did kind of seem a little too short for me and i know it's an animated film and that typically animated um films are like a lot shorter uh but i don't know like it felt like notably shorter than i think a lot of other just animated films and i don't know maybe i was just having like like too much of a good time and it's like you know when you're having too much fun like time seems to go by uh fly by so i don't know maybe it was uh something like that but i don't know it just it felt a lot shorter than i think it was under two hours but yeah 104 minutes yeah so but that's kind of just it just it just felt short. i don't know maybe maybe i was just wanting maybe i just didn't want it to end (laughs) but (laughs) 
anyway, that that's really all the negatives yeah. and neutrals I have. So a lot of positives. Well, <laughs> one thing I just want to talk about with that villain real quick was yeah, okay. I really liked his. Well, I guess this this is a good transition into positives. Okay, then. cool. Um, because it's about the villain. Mm-hmm. I really liked him in the sense that I, I liked his the way he went about things, not necessarily mm-hmm. his motives, which we kind of. You dubbed as negatives, I do dubbed as neutrals. Mm-hmm. But the way he did things, the use of that venom. Oh yeah, yeah. To kind of control the dragons, mm-hmm. and then the way he also used that venom as like a um, tranquilizer, mm-hmm. plus using a different mixture as a controlling agent, I thought was really cool. And the really devious thing of you know capturing the alpha dragon mm-hmm. toothless, and then holding the life of the light fury. Mm-hmm. in danger to yeah. kind of control toothless who then would control all the other dragons right. i think that was really evil and really mm-hmm. cool because of it he was you definitely always... like definitely evil for sure which is yeah, why i think you why don't i always... liked him yeah sometimes especially in children's films you mm-hmm. usually just see oh he's a bad guy right but to see someone that's actually truly evil mm-hmm. and maybe they might and what's really cool too is when someone's truly evil but has but thinks they have good intentions right which i think we saw with this guy he had good intentions, I think. He wanted to get rid of all the Night Furies because mm-hmm. he believed that that was making the world a peaceful place. Right. He believed that he was working for peace. Mm-hmm. So he thought he had good intentions, but he was very evil in the way he was going about things. And I think that's really cool to see in a children's film. Yeah. Uh, question. Answer. I don't know. I, I mean, it, this has really nothing to do with positives, negatives, any of that. Um. So, obviously, there's... There's a Night Fury and there's a Light Fury, right? Um, yes. So are those considered, like, like from the villain's point of view, are, are those two separate, like, creatures, right? From the way I saw it, it was, there was a species of dragon, mm-hmm. and they called it a Night Fury because that's it, that all they saw was the male. Okay. And then they find a female Night Fury, mm-hmm. but it's white so we can't call it a night fury so let's just call it a light fury i I assume that they're the same genus and species Mm -hmm. like if we're thinking scientifically just different um genders of the dragon have different colors that's kind of what i thought just like look at birds if you look at a female cardinal they're brown or male cardinal is red but they're still the same exact bird shout out to the crows okay um but (laughs) so so was he not after the the light fury then did he just care about toothless right I think or that was he, it? he wanted both. I think he wanted both, but he kind of had to give a little bit of leeway to the Light Fury in order to get the Night Fury. Okay. And I figured once that he got all the dragons, he was just going to kill all of them. That's just okay. my assumption. So, so going she's, in. she's the last Light Fury, as as at least from what we know. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So they're okay. Got and it. Okay. So, so I, I think wasn't those sure were about that. okay. If we're thinking again as general species, uh-huh. I think those were the ta- last two Night Furies, if you know Got it. I mean. Okay. Okay, I see. So he hunted down yeah. all of them, right? Yes. Not just like the Night Furies. That, as far as, as I know, far, okay, and okay. from what I've seen, okay. uh, I think that's correct. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So anyway, positives, right? Um, yes. Music. We have, we have to talk about the music. Uh, 
this whole trilogy, the music so is so good. You know, I downloaded the the uh, soundtrack for the first one. Uh, me too. Literally, uh, quite a while ago, I have. Yeah, well, because because I just saw like the or I really started like really getting to it like this week, and so literally the day I went to go see the third one, I woke up that morning and I was like, you know what, I should get like in the mood, and I downloaded the uh, soundtrack of the first one uh, on my phone. I was listening to it like on my way to work, on my way to the theater. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting like super pumped about this. <laughs> I love that main theme and I'll oh, edit so it in good. right now so people can hear it. So here it is right now. And yeah, so that main theme right there oh, man. is really cool. I love that theme. And yeah. the best part about this film, this third film, was for the first two acts of the film, we did not hear that theme. Mm, true. And the music was still beautiful throughout the whole film, mm-hmm. but we didn't hear that theme until the very end, like the final things that happened with the Night Fury and the Light Fury mm-hmm. and Hiccup and the villain. Mm-hmm. Just that whole part there, that oh, whole scene. That, that and then scene... when that theme came in. Can, can I just can I talk about that scene real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so we're all, we're talking about the part because we're doing spoilers, right? You mentioned, yeah, yeah. yeah so you're, you're talking about the part where she, like she saves Hiccup, right? Yeah, literally. Okay, so, and everything leading up to that too. And every okay, so literally, I just have to I have to say this, right? Um, obviously that I thought that whole scene was like super brilliant, but uh, what was so crazy is because especially since this is an ad- an animated film, I feel like we just don't get it as much. But literally, I think the only other time. I've seen like such an uproar of applause, which lo- most of the time I'm sometimes I'm annoyed by it. Sometimes I'm not, but I, I will admit I got really excited here was uh, <laughs> Thor's uh, entrance in Infinity War and uh, the Avengers uh, assembling in Avengers one. And literally this was probably like right behind it. Like people like ate that scene up where like the music plays and she comes in and, and grabs a hiccup like literally everyone in the theater went crazy. I've never seen anything like it for an animated movie before. That was really cool. But I feel like this, like out of all the animated films to do something like that, it would be this one. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt, it would be this one. Like I, I can't picture anything like that, like happening in like a Toy Story or like a Lion King or something like that. Like, like it could only happen here in, yeah, in, this, exactly. in this series. It was so good. And let me talk a little bit more about the music. The composer yeah. is John Powell. Mm-hmm. And you may know him from other films. He did all of the How to Train Your Dragon films. Did an excellent job with so them. So good. He also did the score for Shrek. Oh, nice. Ice Age, Prince of Egypt, and a few more. He has a lot of films under his belt. He also did the um, Jason Bourne series films. Cool. So he has a, quite a repertoire. And yeah. from the ones I've listed there, you know that he writes some good music. And I really like his melodies. He writes some really good themes, mm-hmm. memorable themes, like, for example, How to Train Your Dragon. Also, I'm sure um, the Ice Age theme is very memorable to you all. Mm-hmm. Insert that in here. So that probably brought back a bunch of memories hearing that one. So it's just he writes some really nice melodies. 
that are easily memorable, and his harmonies are really nice too. Yeah. So he's just a very good film composer. Um, you want to talk a bit about the animation a little bit? Yes. So, so there's gorgeous one scene that completely blew me away, and that is the scene where they're moving the village. Okay. And the Light Fury, they see it following uh, them, and Hiccup says to um, Hiccup, or excuse me, Hiccup says to Toothless, like, yeah, go after her. And then she does the thing where she goes into camouflage mode, and so then sick, he tries to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And then he tries to do it, and then he finally figures it out, and he gets, like, shocked by the lightning and, like, yeah. creates the fireball that way. So cool. And then just being in the storm cloud and the visuals of how the sky looked mm-hmm. and the lightning and the way they moved around, that scene completely blew me away. Is that the scene where they're like flying together, like the two of them? Yeah. And then I, I love the part too where they, they enter the hidden world for the first time. Oh, that was cool too. So, yeah. Oh man, so good. Uh, yeah, definitely. The, the animation was just, it was so gorgeous. But that flying scene, just the way oh, it was so dark with the clouds. Yeah. But then that contrast with the lightning and the other lighting in there, mm-hmm. it just had like the perfect balance of light and dark. And then how realistic the clouds and the water looked. Yeah, for sure. But it didn't clash with the other animation style. Like it all fit within one animation style, but looked realistic. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, what I loved, I think, about... Uh... Uh, with this compared to something like uh, like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is an anime film that I really liked uh, a few months ago, I feel like the animation style for that was very kind of like, uh, obviously they wanted to kind of create just like a comic book kind of feel to it, right? Uh, but this, I feel like just without a doubt, this was way more uh, breathtaking of an animation style. It just, it just looked better. Not saying that like, and the spider verse looks bad it just kind of for that purpose it doesn't look as good you know uh yeah. whereas with this like especially when they enter the hidden world for the first time and like the color palette it's like oh man oh it was it was so beautiful dreamworks does a fantastic job with animation they're yeah. often forgotten about when so people good. talk about animated films but they every film they make looks good yeah even the ones with that kind of lack in story and there are a few they all look good so yeah all right, I have I have to ask before we kind of, I guess, is there anything else you want to add? Um, let me check my notes real quick to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Okay. Oh, one thing I was just going to say is, All although right. I typically focus a lot on story, you know this, mm-hmm. um, with my films, we talked about this last episode, yeah. story is usually very important to me, mm-hmm. but also we talked about this last film as well. World building is also very important mm-hmm. to me, and I feel like this franchise has done a fantastic job of world building yeah. and um, developing a lore with different types of dragons and such, mm-hmm. which I really like and sometimes can um, increase my likability of a film even when the story is a little bit lacking. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the story is lacking because this is meant as a children's film. Mm-hmm. But in spite of there being a, a simple story, I feel like the character development of the main characters and the positives I said about the villain earlier, plus the visuals and music, and then the world building on top of that made me come out positively from this film. Did you cry? No. Oh. But I don't really <laughs> cry in movies. I just fair. I don't okay, know how that's, I, that's fair. Hey, I'm not a crier. But I, the, I will say that epilogue was fantastic. Great way to end the film. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I, I can't think of a better way to end it. So before, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up our kind of discussion on the hidden world specifically, right? But we did want to kind of review the trilogy as a whole 
now that it has kind of completed, right? So, uh, do we want to kind of give the whole trilogy a rating? Well, that's tough. Because like I said, I haven't seen the first two in oh, a while, and I was really busy this week, yeah. but I, I can I, can, I think I could do it, because I really like this trilogy. I just, I just want to add one actually thing. Um, I do want to actually um, praise DreamWorks for uh, actually concluding this franchise, because yes. I don't think conclusions are... We don't just don't get enough of that, I think, in the entertainment industry across all kind of platforms right i think i'm obviously money is a big factor right but despite the fact that obviously this franchise is a huge huge success both critically and commercially commercially for them to kind of just come out and say this is like the end huge props to to them for yes i love when things have an end and like i said this was a fantastic ending Mm -hmm. like look at the lord of the rings trilogy oh yeah i assume you've seen that oh yeah fantastic trilogy Mm -hmm. and the ending just made that series even better right yeah I think so, yeah, this just movie, when things have an ending, it's yeah, great. I think this movie works so well because it is like the end, you know. And knowing that there's not going to be another one, um, it it hit it hit home, man. I, yeah, I and it made the epilogue so much more. <laughs> oh yeah, impactful. oh yeah, the epi- yeah we have to, yeah the epilogue was so good. Okay, but anyway, let's get yeah. back to the whole trilogy. Now. So the whole trilogy. Want to give it a rating? Can you I'm rate gonna it? Do- do something very similar to what I did before. Okay. Overall, as a movie trilogy, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it same score as I gave this film, 8.5 out of 10. Okay. As an animated trilogy, because there are flaws, but only because there are flaws that exist, mm-hmm. 9.9 out of 10. Oh, dang. So, okay. So, I'm only... Because when especially when we talk about later on mm-hmm. for our activity yeah okay spoiler alert we're gonna do an activity yeah top 10 animated films mm-hmm. n- most of them aren't trilogies yeah. or even franchises just solo films mm-hmm. so as a trilogy animated wise this is definitely probably the best i think i think as a trilogy like just in general i think this has to be considered one of the best uh for for me um i i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of just take the average of what I kind of just gave all three films. Uh, so for for one, because I saw them all recently, so I kind of I kind of have the the luxury to kind of give them each a rating. Uh, yes. For, for me, for me, they all kind of just sat around um, the nine area. So I, I'm going to give the overall kind of trilogy a nine out of ten. Uh, for number one, I give an eight point eight out of ten. Uh, two, I think is really awesome. Uh, I definitely think, for me, I think it is the best one, just overall. Uh, I, I give a 9.2, and then this one I obviously gave a 9 out of 10. So I'm just going to stick with 9 right down the middle Sounds there. Fair. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the, the fair way to, to go about it. But, I'm yeah, I'm just going to give it the one the one rating, 9 out of 10. So uh, definitely, definitely move over, uh, Woody and Buzz, because uh, these guys know what they're doing no <laughs> yeah and, and they know how to end something <laughs> oh man all right so i think that's that right we're done with yep. how to train your dragon we have a game such activity for you all this week because uh, we didn't do it last week uh we're actually going to be listing our favorite animated films uh of all time we have our top 10 and then we have 10 i guess honorable mentions that we're just kind yeah. of we're just gonna like list them we're not gonna say anything about them but just th- there were movies that I guess we wanted to mention. So just because yeah. it was too And they're not in any pay. particular yeah. order for honorable mentions, yes. but our top 10 are in order. Yeah. Okay. So let's just do honorable mentions. And you want me to go? 
Yeah, sure. You okay. list your 10. So here's my 10. Not going to say anything. Here they are. And they're actually in alphabetical order, so I should get bonus points for that. Okay, never mind. Uh, all right, so I got Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Kung Fu Panda, Moana, Mulan, Ratatouille, Shrek, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Tarzan, Toy Story 3. Cool. My honorable mentions, in order that I thought of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> are The Prince of Egypt, Osmosis Jones, Aristocats, or The Aristocats, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Rango, The Hobbit, the animated film from 1977, Ice Age, a Goofy movie, and DC's Flashpoint Paradox. Cool. All right. So those are all honorable mentions. Go check those out if you haven't. Because yeah. there's some good movies on that list. All right. Now for our top 10, do you want to go back and forth starting with 10 and then going down to 1? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, we'll so do you want to start? Sure. So my number 10, or should we explain kind of why? Uh, give a little, a little explanation. Talk about it. Okay. Uh, so number 10, I have uh, Finding Nemo on my list um definitely uh one of my favorite uh pixar movies one of my favorite anime movies ever obviously because it's in the top 10 uh yeah I, I guess i'm kind of a little biased as to why i picked it uh my dad's from australia obviously right they're going to sydney in the movie so obviously i like a lot of the the accents that the characters have and i just oh, uh-huh. i just i love those characters just in general i think the story is uh really sweet um i love obviously nemo i love marlin i love dory uh, so even though I, I kind of think Finding Dory wrecked the, the, that franchise, but that's a story for another uh, time. Uh, so yeah, Finding Nemo is my number 10. My cool. list. Definitely a solid movie. Yeah. It's not anywhere on my list, but it, it mm. could easily be an 11th honorable mention for me. Yeah. Very good movie. My number 10 is actually one of your honorable mentions and it's Shrek. Cool. What Shrek did perfectly, I think is it was, it is the best parody movie mm-hmm. I have ever seen. For sure. Spaceballs is great. Airplane mm-hmm. is great. These are great parody movies, but nothing beats Shrek when it comes to parody movies. It yep. hit the nail on the head when it comes to um, fantasy mm-hmm. and fairy tales, and it made fun of fairy tale movies in a way that works for children, mm-hmm. yet makes adults laugh. Yeah. So that movie what? was just great, and the way it played on all of the fairy tale tropes while telling its <laughs> own story, yeah. and it followed the typical Joseph Campbell's A Hero's Journey, mm-hmm. and uh, had the typical going to save the princess story, but with so many twists mm-hmm. within it that it felt unique, and it was unique, yeah. and it kept me laughing the whole way, but kept me interested the whole way as well. Yeah, I, I love I, Shrek. I, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there when that uh, Shrek appeals to adults and kids, uh, especially with its humor. Uh, I think that is kind of really important nowadays uh, when you have like all these animated films, right? Like I think yeah. it really is important to uh, like uh, to think about the whole family, not just the kids, right? Because like you can appeal to kids all you want, but if the adults don't like it, you know, the kids aren't going to that movie. Sorry to say it, but yeah. uh, Shrek, you know, yeah. Um, my parents loved Shrek when they took me to go see it. I loved it. I didn't understand any of the adult humor, but now I'm watching it. And that's a good thing yeah. too. And now that I watch it again, I can understand that adult yeah. humor, and it's great. So, And just the way that – I think it's so funny that the best parody movie out there mm-hmm. is a children's movie. Yeah, crazy, sure. right? <laughs> and it, it did a fantastic job of being a parody. It's hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, your number nine. Okay, my number nine is uh, a recent movie. Uh, yeah, kind of recent. Uh, Inside Out uh, is my number nine. Another Pixar movie, I haven't seen actually. this. 
Oh yeah. Oh, you definitely should see it. Um, I definitely think that Inside Out, uh, in the way they kind of tell the story and the message behind it, uh, is very, very unique. Um, very unlike anything really I've ever seen before. I don't want to give too much away in case uh, people haven't seen it and they do want to watch it because I do think it's good to like kind of not know what's going on uh, going in. Uh, I will say that uh, without a doubt, uh, between all the movies kind of in my top 10, it is uh, the way they kind of uh, portray um, kind of the human thoughts, I guess, is uh, very entertaining and very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely go check that out, uh, if you have the chance, cause it's definitely, it's really, really good. So cool. Yeah. My number nine is actually, I don't even know if this movie was ever in theaters, but I definitely owned actually several copies of it on VHS <laughs> as a kid. And that is the land before time. Ooh, I've only seen that one once, but that's really good. It's a fantastic story about dinosaurs and the main character being Littlefoot. I actually had a stuffed animal when I was a kid. That was Littlefoot, and Aww. like from the ground, it was like two feet tall. <laughs> it was this huge thing, and it could stand on all four legs. Mm -hmm. But a fantastic franchise. Um, it was really cool because it, it had world building and lore just because the terminology they used for things, like the leaves they called tree stars. And then um, they had uh, uh, Big Tooth is like the T-Rexes for Brontosaurus. Mm -hmm. They use long neck and um, three horns instead of triceratops mm -hmm. so it's really cool because it got kids into dinosaurs without making them learn all these big scientific words but it got them to study dinosaurs so as they got older they like me i love dinosaurs because of the land before time yeah. and i knew things like long neck and big tooth and three horn but then as i got older i went and i studied and i learned the real names so mm -hmm. really great franchise and also, it was really cool to see it had a very unique characters because at the beginning of the first movie, Littlefoot's parents die. Mm -hmm. And he is raised by his grandparents. And it's just like it's such a tragic event like that to start out a kid's movie is really cool. And then there are several kids out there that can relate to that. So Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. So my number eight. Uh, this movie, I'm going to admit, flew very under the radar. I think the year it came out. Uh, because I think it got squashed by uh, How to Train Your Dragon and Toy Story 3. So people are probably going to be like, whoa, that movie. I can't believe you picked that. Uh, my number eight is Tangled. Uh, by far, huh. my favorite Disney princess movie. Uh, I love that movie to death. I love Rapunzel to death. I think this was the first, I think, princess movie that I watched that... Uh, Obviously, I wasn't a kid when Tangled came out, but like it was kind of the first one where I kind of like appreciated, I guess, a female character. So I think that's mm -hmm. kind of why I want to. I had to put Tangled on this list because I feel like Rap Rapunzel as as a character um, was kind of the the first, yeah, female that I kind of like was like, okay, like I can look up to you, like you're pretty cool, right? But at the same time, I think it didn't follow the tropes of like typical Disney princess movies where like it. One, it's not named after the princess, which I think was a really good idea, right? So I, I feel like that's why a lot of people probably did watch that movie that weren't not going to end up seeing it. Um, but I think those characters, along with Flynn Rider, right, who I think is by far probably one of the coolest male, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, male male princess is not the... Male in a princess movie, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Um, uh, supporting character in a princess movie. That, that That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think the, the supporting kind of characters... Um, I think they're... 
the team of Rapunzel, Flynn, uh, Maximus, and uh, Pascal, I think, are uh, really kind of underrated, right? I think Frozen kind of took a lot of, uh, obviously, the hype um, when... Because those two movies came out, like, not too far apart from each other. But, like, I mean, honestly, guys, like, Rapunzel's way better than Anna, and Flynn's way better than Kristoff, and Maximus is way better than Sven, and Pascal is way better than Olaf. So if you're kidding yourself if you think Frozen's better than Tangled. It's, it's not, okay? I'm ending the debate right here. Tangled's better than Frozen. It's my number eight on my list. Go watch it right now. Don't even finish the episode. No, I'm kidding. Finish the episode. But then go watch Tangled. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, one thing I just want to say real quick. I uh-huh. wrote this down to make sure I can listen to what you were saying and not forget. Oh, yeah, okay. I think we should review The Land Before Time because it's a lot of really interesting yeah, things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm down, in I'm that down film to watch it, yeah. And a lot of interesting themes, like the whole idea of Sarah has no mom, but the dad tries to mm-hmm. overcompensate and really tries to be a good father, but makes mistakes along the way. Just like yeah. there's all these real world things and themes in that film. So, I'm I think we should that, review yeah. that. But that's just a, a okay. side note that I wanted to say yeah, yeah. before I move on. Okay, cool. My number eight is actually a Scooby-Doo film, Cyber Chase. Another one that I think just came out on VHS at the time. It's really good because it's this guy creates a um, laser that can put, it scans you and puts you into a video game. Nice. And then like a a virus and the computer reverses the laser and the virus comes out into the real world. Cool. And it's like this electronic being thing. Uh And it, the electronic being puts the whole Scooby-Doo gang inside of the video game and they have to beat the video game actually being inside the video game in order to come out of the video game Mm -hmm. and stop the virus. So it's like a whole like, that's called cyber chase. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you die in the video game and you're inside the video game, you die in real life too. So it's like this crazy thing that they're trying to go through. And it's a really, I think it's one of the best Scooby-Doo films that Mm -hmm. there are. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to move on to number seven. Uh, number seven is actually very recent. Uh, Coco is my number seven on my list. Uh, I think Coco, obviously, I cried like a baby in this movie, right? Like, I think a movie that can kind of get so much emotion out of you deserves at least kind of some recognition, right? Like, Coco made me, like, ball more than I think any other movie or game or TV or comic kind of has ever done in the mm-hmm. past right uh but i think that an- the, the animation is gorgeous the music is so cool um and so unlike i think any other uh animated film i've watched before um and it, it's have you seen it i have not you should definitely you should definitely check it out it's really good okay. but i'll add it to my list of things yeah. to check out so coco number seven remember me <laughs> cool that's a, right, that's my a number music. seven. Piece of music oh, oh that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my number seven is also very recent. And um, I never thought I would put a film like this on my list until I saw this movie mm-hmm. because it's the 20th in its franchise. Ooh. And the previous 19, although they were okay, they, they were lacking a lot. And this was the first film in the tri- franchise where I liked it beyond the characters. And that is Dragon Ball Super Broly. All of the previous Dragon Ball films, uh, they were fun, but that's about where it ended. They just gotcha. told a quick little story that wasn't super in-depth, and it was just really cool to see the fights and the characters. This is the first Dragon Ball movie where I feel like the story was actually well-developed, and the humor was purely Dragon Ball, and it, it just felt like it was a continuation of the show. 
and that's why I added it to the list. There are definitely pretty much every other movie on here has a better better story than mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Super Broly, but just every other part of the movie was so great, and the story was good, just not great. Gotcha. So that's why that movie's on here, and it was just it was really cool. So nice. All right, so I'm actually going to surprise a lot of people with these next two, uh, with these with these next two that I have on my list. Uh, one is one is because I don't think anyone's expecting it to be on this list. But my number six is I think one that a lot of people, if you know me, were probably expecting it to be a lot higher. Uh, I have Zootopia at number six. Um, huh. And you're right, I was expecting it to be higher. Yeah. Uh, so you have to stay tuned to see what got higher than Zootopia. Uh, so obviously, right, I, I love the characters. I loved kind of that world. But I think for me, uh, I really kind of connected uh, with that movie in kind of an interesting way. Uh, many people know I really kind of want to move to Los Angeles, right? It's my dream. Uh, obviously, right, like big city, all like the cool like entertainment people are there and blah, 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 blah. And so I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of... Uh, connected in a weird way with uh judy hops the main character of utopia uh you know small little bunny goes off into the big city to kind of dream big and so i think that's kind of why that i connected with that movie so much is kind of i can just kind of see myself in that kind of same situation hopefully hopefully it's not as bad as what happens in the movie but um that's kind of why i think i put it um on this list i know a lot of people are expected to be higher but uh it's at number six on my list cool and my number six i'm just gonna give the name because we just talked about it a lot my number six is how to train your dragon nice and i think just listen to the beginning of this episode um i'm gonna kind of say the whole trilogy but i know we said we can't do whole trilogy so i'm gonna say number one cool and if you want to hear why listen to the beginning of the episode nice okay (laughs) cool all right, so my number five, like I said, this is going to surprise everybody because I don't think anyone was expecting this to be on my list. I think it's more out of just kind of respect for what uh, this film did uh, for kind of the films that followed, uh, specifically Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King. But number five on my list is The Little Mermaid. Huh, okay. No one, I bet you no one was expecting that. If you guys know me, you're probably like, what is he talking about? Is this even Lesh? No, yeah, uh... I, ha- I I put Little Mermaid on here really just kind of out of respect for kind of paving the way, I think, for a lot of the uh, Disney movies that, that I love, uh, especially from the 90s. I love a lot of those movies. Um, so that's kind of why I think I had to put it on the list. Uh, originally, I was like, you know what, maybe I should just put it like just at 10. But I was like, you know what, no, like it, it, I, I have to put it higher kind of just for what it did um, and for and for the, the legacy, I guess, it created afterwards. So... Um, yeah, it's number five, Little Mermaid, part of your world, baby. Cool. My number five is like many of my films on here. I don't know if it ever went to theaters. It very well may have, mm-hmm. but I definitely had it on VHS. And it is a film duo, I guess you'd call it, when there's only two of them. All right. That not a lot of people know about, and I think it's a shame. It's the American Tale duo hmm. and the first movie is an american tale the second movie is an american tale five goes west and five goes west is my number five nice. excellent movie about this mouse coming to the united states and um joining it it's great because it's about this mm-hmm. mouse that comes to the united states and becomes 
essentially like a, obviously he's a mouse and a peat world with his people so he, it's not like he becomes a citizen but it's mm-hmm. like that whole story and of him coming to know these american values and becoming an american and his family i think they came over from europe if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and then just his family coming into seeing what the united states is like and all the great things that we have to offer mm-hmm. and then him running into a few troubles along the way with like cats and such but then in five goes west it's about him traveling to the west and all of the dangers that are along the way. And it's a really cool story. And it has some great music as well. Cool. So Five Goes West is my number five. All right. Number four, I have Aladdin on my list. Uh, it really is nostalgia. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why Aladdin is so high. Uh, I grew up watching that movie uh, as well as kind of uh, the top two we'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up watching Aladdin. Um, I, I have people compare me to Aladdin all the time which I love because he's a cool character. <laughs> um, and yeah, I have the genie lamp in, in my room. I have Abu sitting on my bed. I just, yeah, I, I love those characters a lot. Uh, my feelings on the live action, uh, well, that's a different story. But the animated version of Aladdin, I love a lot. I have a lot of fun memories of. Um, I think the music is still probably, I think, some of my favorite kind of like songs, I guess. Um, in a, a Disney animated film, I think a whole the whole a whole new world segment is just it's 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 so like it's so classic Disney. I mean, like who are we kidding? It's so classic. I, I love it. Uh, so Aladdin is my number four pick. Cool. My number four is a very interesting film, and it really. I think sets a good message for kids mm-hmm. because it has some values that um, a lot of people seem to miss in their life mm-hmm. um, by actually the main villain of this movie has a turnaround at the end of it. I'm seeing if anybody can guess this film by maybe being very vague about it before I reveal what it is. Uh-huh. The main villain at the end has this big turnaround becoming a very good guy at the end. And he gives a speech at the end where he talks about it doesn't matter where you come from or what you were like at your birth. It's what you do with the gift of life mm-hmm. and how you turn yourself around. And that main character, this main villain is Mewtwo and the movie is Pokemon <laughs> the movie. Nice. Great movie that teaches the great value of it doesn't matter where you're coming from in life. If you put in hard work and it's what you do with that life that you have that makes you a great or a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that a movie like Pokemon was able to portray yeah. that idea is really cool. For sure. All right. So you're probably all wondering by now, is there going to be like a non-Disney movie in Lesh's top 10? And I'm happy to say there is indeed a non-Disney movie. And crazy to say it that I just watched, well, I watched all three of these movies this week. How to Train Your Dragon <laughs> comes in at number three. Uh, since we can't pick trilogies, I'm going to give it to uh, The Hidden World just because okay, that's cool. the one that made me cry. So okay, <laughs> I'm going to put fair. it there. Um, is it the best of the trilogy? Uh, you could make an argument for it. You could make an argument against it. Um, but I'm just going to have it represent uh, How to Train Your Dragon. So cool yeah and then just go watch the episode if you want <laughs> yeah exactly my number three Lesh, we were actually talking about this last episode this movie that we both completely forgot about and is definitely one of my favorites and i forgot about the animation again. style is something that it, compared to today it's very not great <laughs> but it's very nostalgic when I watch it. I love seeing, <laughs> sounds so stupid, but I love seeing animated films in standard definition that were originally 
like written on film, you know, like mm-hmm. drawn on film. And it's just, it feels very warm and inviting to me. This film is the brave little toaster. Oh, that's right. And just, <laughs> I, I love the animation on this film. It mm-hmm. sounds so silly to say, but it, I love it. And just the nice. story of this film was great too. The characters are awesome. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great film. All right. So my number two, I have a close bond with, because I think we, were created the same year, 1996. Toy Story is my number two. Uh, Toy Story 1, to be clear. If, if we have to give a, a top one, it's one, okay? There's no arguments. One is the... Well, I'm just kidding. They're all... They're, they're fine. Uh, but no, one is, one is the one that I think I, I had to pick as kind of the one that represents Toy Story. Um, just because, to me, I, I, loved, I loved the story the most, I think, in one... Uh, I think the, there are so many classic lines, I think, in one that are so great. That I even say to this day, like, literally, whenever I say, like, I'm playing video games with uh, one of my cousins, and, like, they, like, do something nice, I'll be like, thank you, Sid. I do that, I do that all the time. <laughs> so I have, I have to put Toy Story uh, at number two. So, Well, there's even so many great memes from it. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh I was looking at aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a toy. <laughs> yeah. Or the one where like they're riding on the car and then they get hit by something. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was like the car runs over. Them. Side note: I went to uh, I went to uh, Epcot today uh, with some friends and we went on Mission Space. And I don't know if you guys have have you done Mission Space, Josh? Uh, quite a while ago. That's the one so inside the ball, right? It's inside. It's the one um, that's kind of like a space simulator type thing. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know which one. Yeah. And so, like, it's funny because you have you're given different like jobs you have to do, right? It's basically just pressing yep. buttons. And I was joking around, I'm like, can I be the guy that says to infinity and beyond? <laughs> <laughs> can that be my job? Like, when we lift off to infinity. Yeah, and I forgot beyond. about that. Right. <laughs> that one's fun because yeah. how many people does it require? How many jobs? uh four but it like automatically does oh, that's it, right so yeah because yeah. well but, i remember me and my dad did that ride uh, and we were trying to do all four just between the two of us oh yeah that's cool. <laughs> and that was something else but yeah to infinity and beyond to your next pick josh <laughs> all right my number two is that where we are yes yeah, two. two number two is my favorite animated film that is not a three-dimensional animated film if that makes sense like for all example right. pixar movies i consider three-dimensional mm-hmm. Most DreamWorks films, I'd consider yeah. three-dimensional. This is a two-dimensional film cool. where it was probably all drawn. None of it mm-hmm. was done with 3D animation programs. Mm-hmm. And that is The Great Mouse Detective. Nice. And we'll actually be reviewing this movie in episode yeah. nine. So I'm going to kind of leave it at that so we can talk more about it when we get to episode nine. Cool. And the I'll, Great Mouse Detective. And I'll actually be reviewing Dumbo, which comes at number one on my list. And no, I'm just kidding. Of course not. Um, my number <laughs> one is, without a doubt, if you know me, I mean, you know what my number one animated film is. You know it's my favorite film ever. It's The Lion King. And I just smacked my mic. I hope no one caught that. Uh, literally, my phone case is The Lion King. I have Lion King toys all around my room. I have the soundtrack on my phone. I have literally... Lion King everywhere in my room. Uh, I love that movie to death. Um, I think that's the the one movie. Um, obviously, right, I grew up watching it, so nostalgia has a bit of a factor too. Um, but I think what I loved about that movie, and I kind of mentioned it in How to Train Your Dragon uh, when we were kind of reviewing that, is the thing with Lion King is that every single character uh, like had a purpose in that movie, right? Like no one, there's no character, and I'm a character guy first and foremost, right? I've mentioned that before. Uh, no character is just there to be funny or to do certain things, right? Like a character 
if a character's in that movie, it's for a specific purpose, right? Obviously, we also have Scar, who, in my opinion, is one of the best, not just animated villains, but one of the best villains ever. He's so great. Um, be prepared. The best villain song, okay? Don't even argue with me on that. It's the best villain song, okay? Um, literally, Circle of Life, I just can't wait to be king. Uh, if my future wife is watching this, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is our wedding song, okay? No <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's our wedding song. Uh, no, yeah, I, I love that movie to death. It, it, it's so good. Well, one thing that I think really helps the movie mm-hmm. is it pulls a lot of influences from Shakespeare, especially yeah, sure. being heavily based on Hamlet. Right. And when you're being based on a play... Every character in a play has a purpose. For sure, yeah. So every character in this film served a purpose. Yeah. And um, one thing I want to say about Lion King mm-hmm. that is absolutely fantastic is the music, like, and by music, I mean, like, soundtrack. Mm, you know, there's so soundtrack good. and then there's score. Yeah. The soundtrack, I think, was good. Yeah. The score was so fantastic. So great. I listened to that Hans all the Zimmer time. did a wonderful job with that. Oh, and yeah. And it's, it's just amazing the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to film writing and the themes that he wrote and the beautiful sweeping um, moments and the score. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can't wait until July when we review oh, the yeah. live action one because I want us to review the live action and the animated oh, cool. because I want to tell the story of nice. Hans Zimmer. And we, you know the story, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Of how I he chose it. to um, compose music for this movie. It's such a great story, and I can't wait until we share that. That gives you a reason to keep listening to this podcast all the way through July. Absolutely. Also, one other thing I will say. I I know people always say that the Disney sequels that go straight to DVD are not, are not great, but I love Lion King 2 and I love Lion and King, Lion one, King and one and a half. Both of yep. them. I I love I even watched The Lion Guard, which is meant for Dis- it's on Disney Junior. I watched like Oh, couple, I didn't even know that I, was a thing. I watched a couple episodes of that just because I'm like I want to I want to know about Simba's son cuz you know, Simba's 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 my my bro, man. Uh-huh. Me and Simba go way back. Oh yeah. That's cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so my number one, no surprises here, Up. So good. Definitely a fantastic story. You see so much in um, media, the importance Mm -hmm. of motherhood. Yeah. And motherhood is very important, but a lot of times fathers get pushed to the side. And I think this film um, embraced the idea of fatherhood being very important, especially Mm -hmm. in the world we live in today, where um, I see it a lot in school, being a teacher. There's Mm -hmm. so many boys that grow up without a father, Mm -hmm. and it really breaks them down. Yeah. And um, as a male teacher, especially, I take it upon myself to serve as a father figure to a lot of the students. And especially I can see this, um, for example, um, the coaches at my school that teach the sports. They This is a big responsibility of theirs to serve as a father figure to many of the people on their teams, whether it be football, basketball, anything. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of students growing up today that don't have fathers. And this movie really showcased how important fatherhood is with Russell, who had no dad. Right, and he he talks about in the movie that you know he his mom has a boyfriend, mm. and he calls him by the first name. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, or there's that whole situation there where just everybody can't um, like come to his event at the mm-hmm. end, and just yeah. Mr. F- um, Carl Fredrickson yeah. works to become. At first, he doesn't really like Russell, mm-hmm. but by the end, he's Russell's father figure. And then just the ending scene mm-hmm. of that movie with him pinning Carl with the Ellie badge, right was like the best moment in all of animated film so good and um perfect ending to a movie this is a movie that is a standalone movie Mm -hmm. will never have a sequel and i'm confident in saying that yeah Uh, it yeah i love it too and it just had a perfect ending and this movie has a wonderful soundtrack Mm -hmm. as well oh yeah um the the, the beautiful waltz that they use um 
what is it called? A married life is what it's called. And uh, this is also a movie that embraces um, the idea of a family and um, sticking with someone, you know, especially and like we said, so many people don't have fathers Mm -hmm. today. And this talks about the importance of having a father figure, but also there's such a high divorce rate. Mm -hmm. And this talks about sticking with someone that you love, even when you discover troubles together. That's what the whole first eight minutes of this movie are. And if you're talking about movies that um, bring someone to tears or um, close to it, the first eight minutes of this movie are the most emotional, the biggest emotional roller coaster that you will ever experience. And just it it shows how strong the relationship between Carl and Ellie were Mm -hmm. as they um, get through all their troubles. And no matter what, they stick by each other's side until the very end. Yeah. And then um, the also talks about this movie um, overcoming things how um mr frederickson was able to give up on the house and his dream and move forward um but still embrace ellie's memory right and just everything about this movie is fantastic there's a reason it's my number one and although i love my two through ten this is like 20 steps above number two i agree yeah with how great this film is i mean that's that's kind of how i feel with lion king also my number one yeah it's kind of has a good distance, I would say, from uh, the rest yeah. of the tribe. <laughs> I never anticipate an animated f- film surpassing up. Yeah, I don't think there's anything out there that can come close, from, in my opinion, yeah. for me. Fun fact, you can find Kevin, if you want to see the bird, at Animal Kingdom now. He is walking around. Oh, cool. So if you're ever at Animal Kingdom um, in the new, uh, in the in the future, not, uh, not too soon, or... You know what I'm not saying? Too far not too far future. Yeah. You can go see Kevin uh, from Up, uh, and that's really. And they're having a cool Lion King event too. So go check both of those out. Very cool. Yeah, that's cool. Animal Our Kingdom has the ones. best stuff, man. Just yeah, forget all the other parks, man. Just go to Animal Kingdom all the time. <laughs> uh, Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. Yeah, so. I love it. Anyway, those are our top animated films ever. Do Do you want to quickly go back down real quick? Name them. Sure. You want to go first? All right. Ten so one. Ten. Finding Nemo. Nine. Inside Out. Eight. Tangled. Seven. Uh, Coco. Six. Zootopia. Five. Little Mermaid. Four. Aladdin. Three. How to Train Your Dragon. Two. Toy Story. One. Lion King. Very cool. And for me, it was ten. Shrek. Nine. The Land Before Time. Eight. Scooby Doo. Cyber Chase. Seven. Dragon Ball Super Broly. Six. How to Train Your Dragon. Five. Five Goes West. That's an American tale. Four, Pokemon the Movie. Three, The Brave Little Toaster. Two, The Great Mouse Detective. One, Up. Sweet. Yeah, and right. that's the end of our activity. Please go check out those movies. Yeah. They're fantastic films, every single one of them. Oh, yeah. As well as our honorable mentions. For sure. All right. That's the end of the podcast. We've made it. All right, well, we're let's go ahead and just talk about how they can reach out to us and such. Yeah, so we're on Twitter. I'm at Lesh is more. At Lesh is spelled L-E-S-Z. Yep, and I am at Joshua Comics. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, the Comic and Culture Cast. We're going to be throwing a lot more content over there, smaller news items, and stuff like that. Uh, should we talk cool. about what we have planned next? Um, we'll first talk about ratings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please give us. us a rating yeah. on whatever your podcatcher is, whether it be the Apple Podcast mm-hmm. through iTunes or the Google Play Podcast through the Google Play Store yeah. or on Spotify. I don't know if you can give ratings on Spotify, but if you can, please do. Yeah, and if you rate us— And then also on sorry. podcast.com, you can do it there too. Yeah, if you rate us, we'll give you a shout-out. So Yes, yeah. I haven't checked since last week since it was just last week. Well, I rated, we'll start I rated checking. it, so that's a shout-out to myself right there. 
Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start reading some of the ratings next episode. Cool. And we also have something planned special. We're going to do a special giveaway, but that's as much as I'm going to say. We'll talk more about that next episode. Yeah, for sure. But a giveaway is coming in the future. And now should we talk about next episode? What we're doing? Go for it. Yeah. All right. So it's time, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at Avengers Endgame. No, psych, or it's Captain Marvel first. So, we're going to be reviewing that. Josh, you're actually not going to be with us for that review. I will not. Uh, we are going to have my uncle, who I've been wanting to get on the show since basically we like started bringing the show back, uh, or at least like restarting it, right, because we have the Sets and Comic cast. But I've been wanting to get my uncle on forever. We're going to be watching it, uh, Captain Marvel together, so we're going to be reviewing that for you guys, uh, and it's going to be great. So... Make sure That'll you come cool. back in a couple weeks for that. I'll be there for Newsflash, and then I'll be heading out for the review. But, yeah, but we'll have a comic. I'm excited to listen for it. Yes, we'll, we'll have, have a comic, comic that we will review that. together. Yeah, absolutely. If you listen to our Dragon Ball Super Broly review, it'll be very similar to that, yes. where it was Austin and I for the movie, and Lesh was here for everything else. It'll be um, Lesh and his uncle-ish, is it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Lesh and his uncle Ish for the movie, and I'll be there for everything else. And I actually forgot to mention, well, we will have a third guest, and it's actually Miss Brie Larson. Nope, psych, that's not happening either. Sorry, I try, <laughs> I tried to get her, but she just she stopped returning my calls. I'm pretty sure there was there's a restraining order now. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No. If you're listening to this, Brie Larson, I wouldn't be I love surprised. You. Please, if if there's still a red carpet premiere that hasn't, there probably has been a red carpet. Please bring me, or if you want to bring me to the Avengers, bring me here too. Okay, anyway. And then after that, for episode 9, so episode 8 is Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Episode 9, we have something special. We're bringing back a generic episode yeah, finally. a normal episode. Where we won't be reviewing a specific movie, but rather we'll be going through a comic, a game, a TV movie, and that way we'll cover all the bases, yeah. something different for each. We have something special planned for that. So, And that's when we'll be reviewing The Great Mouse Detective as the movie. Yeah, and so. I actually will be reviewing Dumbo. That was not so, a lie. I will actually yeah. be reviewing that movie. So, yeah. So we have some really cool stuff planned for that. We'll Absolutely. talk about that more when it gets closer. And of course, we have many other stuff planned for you guys throughout the year. So, yes, and we've been talking about it a lot. <laughs> so I just want to say the Assassin's Creed episode yeah. is coming in April. Yes. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered comes at the end of March. So we wanted to have time to play it before we were, mm-hmm. did our Assassin's Creed episode. So that will be in the middle of April in between Shazam and Avengers Endgame. We will have an Assassin's Creed episode. We promise it's coming. We now have a month set for it, and we're going to be ready for it. And actually, we should mention, too, that we're not going to be on that episode. We're actually going to bring in our favorite assassins from the franchise to host it. So. Yes. Yeah, that's not happening either. (laughs) I'm just just shouting a bunch of lies to you guys right now. None of this makes any sense. Lesh the fibber. Yeah, I think... We're starting to ramble, so I'm going to say, Wailing Wolfish, Aquaman, we've reached the end of the podcast. Well, that's just too bad, Aqualad. We'll just have to wait until next time when we talk about Captain Marvel. Rest in peace, Toothless. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't die. Peace out.
If you enjoyed the music you just heard, please support John Powell and the musicians that performed it by going and purchasing the soundtrack for How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, whether that be from iTunes or on the Google Play Store or even just listening to it on Spotify so they can get their money that way. Just go and support it if you enjoyed it.